broadcasting from the Annie Up studio. It's the longest running poker podcast for the everyday poker player with your host, Joe Scale. Hello, A-Team. It's Friday, November 3rd. Welcome to the Annie Up Poker Podcast, where every hand is an opportunity, every player is a friend, and every episode is a winning experience. I'm your host, Joe Scales, and a portion of this show is brought to you by Manscaped. So for them, I'm going to try my hand at a little rhyming. Here we go. A few days ago, it was Halloween, and Manscaped brings your face the cleanest shave it's ever seen. So this season, there's no need to toil in trouble. Manscaped's all-new Handyman Razor will get rid of that stubble. (laughs) How'd I do? Seriously, though, the Handyman Razor features next-gen skin-safe technology. It was designed to give you that smooth shave without the mess that comes with a traditional razor. So go to manscaped.com, get yourself a treat. Just use code ANNIEUP20 for 20% off plus free shipping. For a look as sweet as candy, the razor that's just dandy. (laughs) I can't stop now. The Handyman from Manscaped. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code ANTIUP20. We have a great show this week, so I just want to jump right into it. So let's get on with the show. Find out what conversations are happening around the poker table with Table Talk. We are back around the poker table with Elle. How are you? I'm great. Coming towards the end of a very, very busy week. We had family in town with us for over a week, which was absolutely fantastic. And then that just ran right into Halloween with grandkids. Yeah. So we've had we've had a busy, busy, fun-filled week, I think. And then also catching up behind the scenes here and at work has been full. Yeah. And in case anybody didn't see it on our social media pages, we were a royal flush. I was... Uh, and I got the shitty end of that deal. <laughs> I, was, I was dressed up as a king... And she was, Elle was dressed up as a toilet. So therefore a royal. In a child, a child's toilet <laughs> costume, which was also very confusing to our two-year-old granddaughter who's potty training. Yeah, so. so that was quite fun. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, this time of year is supposed to be about the fun. I, I don't enjoy the spooks. I enjoy the. The treats. Yes. Oh, and can we just, can I just give everyone a word of advice? If you have a grab bag for adults, it's highly enjoyed. Uh, we, we went to one, one house with uh, our children and our grandchildren and they had a grab bag of airplane bottles for treating. <laughs> And let me just tell you, that fireball went great with my apple cider that was already in my yeah. thermos. So we had a we had a really good time. Well, and then um, both of the kids were dressed up as Spider Man and Ghost Spider Man, and then it ended up being what was on the sphere 
in Las Vegas. In Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What a matchup. We sent that to him when we got home. We were like, what are the chances of that? Yeah. That was cool. Yeah. So my, my love-hate relationship with the sphere continues. But. <laughs> well, it's getting to be more of a, a mutual love. I think you've come around now. <laughs> oh, 100%. And I'm all about trying to get tickets to, to an event in there at some point. So if anybody has any connections, let us know. Yeah. We would love to be in the sphere at some point soon. Yeah. Um, so other than that, we've just been trying to, I think we mentioned the series that we checked out about uh, Mohegan Sun. Um, we've been watching a little bit of TV lately, and I know you're super pumped. Oh, about a series that is to to return in in a new way, shape, and form. So. so I'm sure most of you remember Poker After Dark. I am so excited. Of course, they brought this back a while back. Uh, uh, Poker Go has had Poker After Dark back for a while, but right now they've added this new twist to the show, and they're calling it Game of Gold. But it's it is like. I don't know, Survivor and Poker After Dark have owning a baby. <laughs> Very cool. Love it. So, Love it. So, uh, I, yeah, I'm super excited about this. I'm hoping, you know, that that this brings back poker on TV because it's going to be on Gigi Poker's uh, YouTube channel. So, you know, it's not behind that paywall like you do with like you have with poker go so right i'm hoping that this kind of brings back all of these old shows because i used to love watching poker after dark and then now you're gonna see some of these old faces from that but also some of the new faces on there i mean of course daniel negrano is going to be on there because he's like the he's the face of gg poker now um, right, but then there's also going to be Maria Ho and yeah, Fader Holtz, um, Jungle Man's right. going to be on there, which is always fun to watch. He's hilarious. Nice, nice. And uh, Jason Kuhn adds yeah, I, adds some new flavor to the to the game as well, right? Yeah. So I think I'm excited about it. I hear it's next Wednesday, so maybe we'll have a quick watch party. Yeah. Next Wednesday night to check it out. I know they're releasing it on YouTube, so of course you should be able to see it immediately. Maybe on your lunch break if you guys are really not wanting to wait until the evening, but yeah, they don't say what time or anything, you know, I don't know if there's a specific time on the eighth that they're going to release it, but, um, but yeah, super exciting, super exciting. And I'm also, you mentioned earlier that we've had a busy week, uh, but I'm also excited that the magazine is going to be coming out this weekend as well. So eighth, eighth edition. Yeah. So of online magazine. that's added to some of that busy craziness. But uh, this this issue we've got. I know we had Aaron Massey on last week on the podcast. Our full conversation that we had will be the feature in this one. And you know Brian Bly is his articles on the home games, so that'll be fun. And then I really enjoyed. Alan Kessler's article this month is also, I think it was great because he talks about some of the concerns um, with tournaments with bagging bonuses. So oh yeah, when you go to, when you play like a multiple day one and you get a double bag, 
then they remove the bag with the least amount of chips, but they pay you a bonus for that. And that bonus comes out of the, the prize pool. So Alan talks about some of his concerns with, with those types of tournaments. Um, so I think it's really interesting. I, I really enjoyed that article as well. So, And I think it's important to mention that, you know, as if you're a podcast listener and a magazine reader, you know, let us know what your thoughts are. Have a conversation. We'd love to have a conversation with you. You also, we'd love for you to be a Patreon member where we have more conversations going on behind the scenes where we have that, um, you know, exclusive online game once a month where you guys get to see the sneak peeks. You get to, you know, have input on what's going in the magazine, what questions we ask when we meet with the feature featured um, person or people. And so, um, remember this is a two way street. It's a conversation. We like to put out what you guys want to see and read and hear more about. So please engage with that. And, and, um, let's, let's talk about what that looks like as, you know, as an example with bagging in, in tournaments, is that fair? Is it going to create collusion? That's the kind of stuff we love talking about. And we'd love to know what your thoughts are That's true. as well. That's true. But you also made me think about the fact that, um, our Patreon tournament is less than a week away. It's yeah, Thursday coming up soon, Thursday so. of next week. So thanks for that reminder. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. I, I look forward to those things. I think it's exciting. I'm still, you know, it's not, it's not new news that I'm still a new kid on the block around the table, but uh, playing in that online setting is really fun for me. And I think it would be fun for a lot of people as well. Just, to continue to have an, an added place to learn and play and have a little bit of fun with those that are also listening to the magazine and, and I mean, listening to the podcast and, and reading the magazine. Um, it's, it's just another layer of the community we want to continue to build and, and our vision for the future of Ania. I mean, we do have audio and video in the magazine too. So we do. that's a, so they can listen to it as well. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's very clear that we've had a busy week and our brain is bouncing all over, but <laughs> well, it's been a good week. The, also, we had a little bit of trouble with our audio before, oh. so we had this buzzing on our microphone, or on my microphone, and so we've been trying to get that straight all day. So, Well, and I'm sure you can tell by us uh, bouncing around here, we have had a busy week, but I can't leave the table without mentioning that next Tuesday is a big Big day for uh, districts around the nation. The polls will be open for voting and um, just want to put a plug out there to pay close attention to what is on your ballot around gambling and casinos yeah. close to us. There's going to be the opportunity to vote on a casino that is likely, hopefully going to happen in Richmond, Virginia. Um, so that just made me think, you know, pay close attention. I know, Texas, you've got a lot going on and many other states around the nation as far as, you know, do we want to allow casinos? Do we want to allow online gaming? Do we want to allow gambling? So on and so forth. So utilize your opportunity to um, make your selections and cast your vote and let your voice be yeah. heard. I mean, the casino industry has been growing around the whole country. So uh, it's likely that if it's not on this ballot, it will be in the future to see about casinos right. in your area. So you know, it's it's definitely something worthwhile to check out. This is actually the second time that this one has come on the ballot in Richmond. Yeah, and they only they lost by fifteen hundred votes last time, so it was a very close race. And I know that 
in this particular case, there's been close to $10 million invested in, in educating people, letting people know, allowing them to ask questions, so on and so forth. So the investors in this particular casino are very vested and interested in making sure that this happens, but it only happens if they get the yeah. vote. Yep. So we'll keep looking out for that. Um, if it passes, then they will have the Richmond Grand Resort Casino will be what it's called. And um, the plans have already been approved by the city. They just have to get past this vote. So, so yeah. think about we'll think see. about how you want it to go and wherever you are. Don't miss out on your opportunity to uh, cast your vote. Yeah, and we'd love to hear back, to report back to us. Let us know what was on your ballot regarding online poker or gambling or casinos in your area because it's a hot topic. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Elle, always enjoy being able to do this with you. Joe, it's always a pleasure to be around the table with you. You as well, and uh, we'll talk next week. Now it's time for Call the Floor with Elliot Schechter. Elliot Schechter is the poker room manager for Rivers Casino in Schenectady, New York. He joins us each week to say how he would rule on situations that come up in your games, and he's with me again this week. Hey, Elliot, how you doing? I'm doing well, thanks. How are you doing? We had a great Halloween. Yeah? We- Absolutely. <laughs> what does the casino do for Halloween? Like most casinos, we allow our team members to dress up in costume with very few limits. Obviously, uh, no uh, excessive uh, face covering or face painting or makeup. Uh, No large hats. Obviously, can't get in the way of the cameras. Right. And obviously, uh, uh, no nudity (laughs) or or profanity. Uh, But otherwise, yeah, uh, the field is open. It's always, I mean, having worked in the casinos a long time, I mean, it's every... Uh, beverage server's dream. I mean, they almost always use it as an excuse to wear almost nothing. And well, it's a casino. This is an adult establishment. We're not going to stop them. <laughs> the dealers always have fun because now you can finally get to get out of your your almost always polyester uniform. Right. Uh, supervisors approve it because obviously now you don't have to stand around in your 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 suit coats and and formal clothing. So it's always a great time, and it, it builds a lot of team spirit and and uh, a lot of camaraderie, a lot of good team building, a lot of fun. I was a rather obscure character, although maybe not so obscure. I was uh, David Pumpkins. Yes. Uh, Tom Hanks, very famous character from Saturday Night Live. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Had the full suit tie. Uh, even found a, a curly wig with the gray streak in front. <laughs> so yeah, it was pretty comical. Nice. My wife and I dressed up. I was a king and she was a toilet. So together we were a royal flush. Nice. <laughs> very nice. <laughs> Was your scepter a plunger? <laughs> no, it was not, but it would have been better. <laughs> uh, we have a good call the floor this week sent in by Stephen Love. And he says, I make the nuts on the river and my opponent checks. I bet he calls. I table my hand and he mucks. I say I want to see his hand and he insists that he doesn't have to show. By this time, the dealer has already killed the hand and started clearing the board, so it doesn't matter. But I want to know what the rule is for next time. Overall, the table was split on who's right, so we call the floor over. He says, my opponent doesn't have to show, but then returns a few minutes later and tells us that he was mistaken. 
Two other floor supervisors said, I am allowed to see the hand, but with the caveat that they become live cards that can win the pot. This obviously would not have happened in my case since I had the nuts, but with a non-nut holding in Omaha, where players can easily misread their hands, it sounds like one is better off scooping the pot and letting the opponent muck. Who's right in this situation? Well, haven't seen this one in a while. Uh, who's right? Well, not the first floor. It was the <laughs> other two. Uh, the rule, as generally accepted now across the, the game, is whoever still has live cards at showdown. So that means when the betting is complete and we're now determining the winner, whoever has live cards at showdown may see any other person's live cards. This includes the better who got called, even though, and I, Steve, this is time to hit you with the wet noodle, uh, 20 lashes. It's bad form. <laughs> Please don't do it. Accept the, accept the chips gracefully. Um, your opponent called your bet. You got value, hopefully. Take the money and smile and play the next hand. Don't antagonize him. And he's already made a bad call. He's already tilted. I believe <laughs> You don't need to rub it in. You are entitled to see the cards if you so choose. We're not going to stop you. The supervisors are right. When the winner at showdown is asking to see somebody else's cards, those cards are still alive, regardless of whether they've been released by the player or not. So if the player sent them in, the dealer has them, the dealer's turning them over. If they happen to be the winner, the uh, player misread their hand, that pot's getting taken away and, and moved to the correct location. Another reason to never do this, because heaven forbid, it's the one time. I mean, it's one thing you have the nuts. Obviously, in, in your particular situation that you're writing in about, you had the nuts, the pot can't get taken away. But in a lot of situations, um, people are getting good and thin value on one pair of hands. It's holding uh, a very, very large amount of pots are one with one pair. And a lot of bad opponents will misread their hand. Don't give them a chance to get the pot away from you. Take the chips and move on. Yeah. Well, let me, let me ask you this. So that's pretty clear, but what, let's say it checks around on the river. So there's not technically an aggressor. Per se. Does anyone have a quote unquote right to see anyone else's hand? If you've got live cards at the showdown when the betting is complete, you can see anybody else's hand. Absolutely. Okay. And the rule is in place to make sure that nothing funny is going on. Uh, it's not in place for one person to learn how another person plays or to see what their strategy is. If you want to see how somebody plays, when they bet, call, you'll find out what they're holding. I promise you. <laughs> uh, that's not the purpose of this rule. This rule is to make sure that when you notice that there's uh, strange and suspicious betting patterns between two or more of your opponents, that you can, at showdown, see the cards to make sure that the values of their cards are commensurate with the pattern of betting that occurred in the previous betting rounds. It's not just to see the other person's hand to learn how they play or to see what they're calling with or to embarrass them. That is not the purpose of this rule. Right. So again, uh, yeah, if it's checked around, it's the same thing. It doesn't matter. We don't revert to a previous betting round. Well, that person bet on that betting round, so he's technically the better. It doesn't work like that. Every betting round is independent of the others. And if it's a check round on the end, everybody's got cards. Those players with cards can see the other cards. And generally, especially in, in a multi-way pot uh, where nobody's all in, somebody's going to have to show some cards to win the pot. So we're starting there, obviously. 
Right. But seeing cards is something that should not be abused. And yeah, I I've had players in the past that abuse this and, and we've taken away their their privilege of, of of doing this. It has served no purpose. Akin to calling the clock on yourself. Uh, <laughs> another thing for which I have little to no mercy. So yeah. Asking to see the cards, yes. The original rule uh, was anybody could ask to see anybody else's hand uh, if it participated in the showdown, regardless of whether the uh, Inquirer possessed cards. And that was born of the California system where a lot of games were uh, dealt by the players and, and without dealers. Now, I mean, you're, you're dealing paper cards amongst each other in a public setting in California, biggest city in the world, notorious for, uh, shall we say, a, a lot of vice crime. <laughs> yeah, I'd be suspicious too. I'd want to know what's happening. Well, as we move to professionally dealt games in well-regulated and tables under surveillance, uh, the rule has been modified, and and rightfully so, to reflect the, the now much safer conditions under which the game is conducted. Right. Well, there you go, Stephen. As Elliot said, you do have the right, but it is considered not the best form. So maybe just take the pot and move on. But uh, I do appreciate you sending that in. And if anyone else has a call to the floor that they would like to know how Elliot would rule, send it to podcast at com. Elliot, I appreciate you as always. You're welcome. Glad to do it. And we'll see you next week. Absolutely. Break it down with Hand of the Week. Here we are with another Hand of the Week with Patrick. Hey, man. How you doing? We're back. I'm good, yeah. man. Yourself? I, well, I'm not a fan of this cold. <laughs> Look, here, I'm all right with a cold, but here's my thing. It, was, it got chilly last week. Which was great. Fall is here. For the leaves are falling. You know, we'll get to that in a minute. But and then <laughs> last weekend, I'm sitting there at a playoff football game for my son, and it was nine in the morning, and I was already sweat because it got <laughs> hot as could be for a couple of days. And now it's twenty twenty degrees to start today. So you know, mother nature, mother nature can make her mind up. Yeah, I had to scrape my windows this morning. Yeah, <laughs> you know what else we're gonna have to do at some point? The leaves. Yeah, I've got this giant, <laughs> giant tree out in my front yard that has dropped so many leaves. And there's still so many on there. It's after you, I do it once, I'm going to have to do it again. I was I was telling my son that you he was guessing how many leaves were there. I said, I don't know, probably <laughs> a thousand. He goes, no way. He goes, it's more. I was like, well, how many do you think? He goes, a million. I was like, I don't think there's a million. I was like, but I can tell you this much. Joe doesn't have a front yard right now. It's just leaves. <laughs> yes. It's going to feel like a million when I'm trying to get them. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and there's still half, half, of the, half of the tree to go. <laughs> but that's all right. That's whatever. <laughs> yeah. Such exactly. A, such a life. Exactly. What do we got? What do we got this week? Well, our hand of the week is brought to you by Jackpot Digital and their state-of-the-art electronic tables, Jackpot Blitz. Their cutting-edge touchscreen technology, lifelike card control, and side bet action make these tables just an absolute no-brainer. We can get more hands per hour. It eliminates mistakes. It's no wonder that 
people have started calling this the happy table, which I love that they do that, but you should really check it out. And this week, our hand of the week is sent in by Oscar Ramirez. We're playing one, two, and you can take a breath. We're just playing Hold'em this week. So, (laughs) All right. Thank you, Oscar. (laughs) Play one, two, hold them. I like it. Yep, and we're eight-handed at the table. Okay. We have 360 in our stack. Okay, doing well. And he tells us that the standard open has been between 8 and $12. Interesting, okay. Which is good to note. We are going to be on the button, and it says, Under the gun plus one limps. Middle position limps and then folds to us with the king of diamonds, queen of diamonds. Oh, well, we're not going to live. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is good. That is good to know that that's good background as far as sending these things in with Oscar, you know, eight to 12, because it, you know, my thought right then, you know, king, queen playing one, two was probably in that range anyways. So I would, knowing that background, I would probably go on the higher side of that, like on the, you know, the, the 12 to 14 range at least. So I would say probably, I'd, yeah, like I said, 12 to 14 would be my bet. Yeah, I think that's okay. If the if they've been 8 to 12 and then we also have two limpers, I think you have to account for those two. So I probably would go even a little higher. Yeah, closer to 20 probably. Yeah, 15 to 20 and probably lean toward the 20. Yeah. So that's that's my thought. I, I'm a little more willing to put higher raises in usually. but uh, You like yeah, that control. I like it though. I mean, we're all learning <laughs> from it. So yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I think you're, you're spot on. Definitely on the higher end of it. Um, so what did, um, what did our friend yeah. Oscar end up doing? Oscar says, I pop it up to 10. Okay. So he went on the smaller end. I don't know if you can classify that as popping it up if you're only putting 10 in but it's all right the small blind has about 200 ish in his stack and he calls and the under the gun plus one has about 300 ish in his stack and they call okay and middle position folds okay so so three of us going into it yep so with the middle position folding his two dollars that gives us 32 in the pot, right? Yep. And the flop is King of Hearts, Jack of Hearts, Eight of Diamonds. Both players check. We have top pair. We have a good kicker. What are you going to do with that? First, I'm going to look over at the small blonde under the gun plus one and be like, check, really? Yeah. <laughs> That's the first thing I'm going to do. Um, Yeah, I mean, we have top pair. We've got a great kicker. You know, you don't love to see the hearts, you know, out there for sure. Um, but still, pots at 32. I'm probably going 50. Oh, so you're going over pot. Yeah, I'm going over pot. I I don't know where their checks are coming from, but we're going to find out real quick. I mean, top pair, very good kicker. Yeah, I see what you're saying. You want to, you, you're willing to just end it right here and take it down. Correct. That was my thought. Yeah. I, and see, we're, and if I don't, and one of them calls or comes over the top, then I, then I've got a lot more knowledge, you know, there, you know? Sure. Yeah. It's interesting because in you doing this for a little bit now, I've noticed that you are way less likely to put more money in at the beginning pre flop 
But after that flop comes, man, you're ready to just throw down. I'm ready to go. <laughs> I'm ready to go. And, you know, and maybe I don't know if that's like a, you know, for, for rest of players, but like a comfortability of knowing a little bit more that's out there, just having just a, a little bit more of knowledge. Um, I don't know if that's it or not, but yeah, I'm, and I, the other thing too, is that I've changed as a player doing these things. I would play a, I would play a lot of hands, which is not always the recipe for success, <laughs> but the other right. one is like, is playing, you know, you're playing your hands, but playing them strategically, you know, and, and, you know, it's not a bad thing to go ahead and take down pots when you do have a good hand in representing that and take the chips when you can get them, you know? It starts to add yeah. up. Yeah. I think I try to try to not be too worried about it being hand of the week. But you know, you, you I think being hand of the week, you start to see all the danger signs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's sure. there's two hearts out here and there's a reason they sent this in, right? Yep, that's absolutely <laughs> did I play this right. Or but you know, we've had a we've had plenty of them that were like that end up winning on, you know, the river or something like yeah. that. And, you know, how did, did I play this right or wrong? And I ended up getting lucky and winning. So, yeah, I mean, we, you, you can't discount knowing, <laughs> knowing that these is hand of the week, but you know, you, you still try to play it otherwise. So. Yeah. Well, Oscar goes closer to what I was thinking. I think okay. he bets 20 okay. and both players call. So I, th- I, I do think that's, that's not a bad bet. That's certainly much better bet than what he made pre-flop. But I get where you're coming from too. You know that board has a lot of a lot of problematic turn cards, so you want to clear those out. All right, so both of them called. So that's another sixty. So we've got what ninety-two in the pot. Yeah, and turn comes the ten of diamonds. That makes the board what okay. king of hearts, jack of hearts, eight of diamonds, ten of diamonds. Both players check again. What are you going to do with that? All right, so playing playing his hand, so he bet 20, probably going in that 50 to 60 range, probably closer to 60. So now here's queen nine makes a straight now. Ace queen yep. also makes a straight. Both of those hands make sense for our opponents to have. And they're always checking that. Or, or if they're holding hearts. Yeah. Now we have the second nut flush draw. So... Yep. I think I'm checking here. Just I want to see the river for free. I don't want to see them checking to sucker me in, right? So, yeah, I think I'm probably checking here. But uh, Oscar bets 40. Okay, so he was kind of thinking the same that I was on that one. 40 into 92. I think he probably could have gone a little higher. But, yeah, I think right in that same realm as you. And he says, small blind is a younger kid, mid-twenties, has already been felted once when he called an all-in with second pair. He pauses for a couple of minutes, oh, here we go, (laughs) and jams for the remainder of his stack for roughly 170 total. Says, at this point, I'm trying to talk myself into not calling and just getting away from it when Under the Gun Plus One also calls the 170. (laughs) And he says, I've played with this player before, and he never really gets out of line and only raises when he has it. So, him not jamming on top of the other player seems odd to me. Wait a minute. So, he said, so Oscar says he's played with him yep. before, 
and he normally shoves when he hasn't. But now it feels odd to him that he didn't do it ahead of time. He's saying it doesn't, since he didn't come over the top of the all-in, then it feels like maybe he doesn't, maybe he's on a draw. I think it's kind of, I think that's what he's saying. Gotcha. Maybe he's, maybe he's hoping to hit those hearts or maybe he has a lower flush draw than us or something. So yeah, it's what, one 170 minus 40. So 130 to you to call. All right. Now you can dissect this one. Here's my thought process. When small blind takes time and then shoves, okay. I was my, my gut then was, okay, I'm going to call. But then when the other one, even given what Oscar says, when the other one goes ahead and calls it, I'm walking away. Because even at the moment, yes, don't get me wrong, we've got the the diamonds, but you know, right now yeah. we just have the top pair and a kicker. I mean, if you just want to say that out loud again, one more time, we just just have the top pair and kicker right now. <laughs> right, but we do have the draw to the second nut flush. We do. This is one of those situations where the math kind of comes in and you start to say, okay, hold on. I mean, it's got to be really close because we're around 20% to make our flush maybe 19 20 percent something like that but we're we're also putting in somewhere around 20 percent of the pot to make this call so it's it's nearly 50 50 (laughs) yeah and so i guess the question is do you want to gamble here and 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 yep you can definitely make a case for either side here this is where i probably end up thinking about other factors where you know how late in the night is it <laughs> if i if i make this call and don't hit because i mean i don't i think we can all agree we we're going to have to hit our diamond to to win this hand uh, yeah. we're behind right now without a doubt so then if we hit our diamond and win we're golden if we don't do we have some time to make that money back up or is it two o'clock in the morning and we're going to have to call it a night? Yep. That, those would definitely be other factors going into it. And and another thing that I'm th- I'm just now thinking about is, is what if our diamond pairs the board and somebody's just got a set and they don't have the, the straight. So that, mm, that makes me lean a little bit more toward a fold. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm walking away after that. Yeah. Oscar says, I figure I was dead, but figured, but also figured both could be on the heart draw or a worse diamond draw. So I called. The river comes out with the four of spades. So absolute garbage. Nothing. Under the gun plus one checks to me. So, I mean, we're not putting more in here. No. And he checks back and Oscar checks back. Under the gun, plus one flips his hand and shows he has a straight ace of spades, queen of spades. And the small blind never shows and is out the door before his cards hit the muck. (laughs) (laughs) Small blind was going on a draw, missed it, and decided just to walk out for the night. Yeah, so his his question, at Oscar's question at the end here is, was I priced in or is this a punt? I mean, this is, like I said, this is really, really close. Really, really, really close. I think that, again, you can make a case either way, but I think you probably, once 
I thought about the fact that they could have sets in their hand as well, then you probably lean a little bit toward fold. But I don't think it's a terrible call. No. But you know, as long as you know going into it, you've got to hit your card, you know? It sounded like you went into it with eyes wide open. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. But yeah, I think you're right. I don't think it was... I think you make a great case for both. I think if, you know, you know, two two of diamonds rolls out and you're great. Yeah. But yeah, I mean that's you're right, make a case for both. Yeah. I don't think you I don't think you played it poorly. No. But I will say, if I, I'm not tooting my own horn here, but if I was gonna toot my own horn and you come <laughs> out hot early before that ten comes, do you get them to walk away and you take a little bit of chips? I don't know. I mean, over I think the only way to do it, the only way you're getting a fold is by overbetting the pot like you did. Yeah. But even if he's holding ace, queen, and king, jack, eight comes out, that point, that guy's got to determine, I guess, does he want to gamble on, you know, one of the cards coming out. So, right. yeah, if you overbet the pot, maybe. Yeah. And, and the other side of that is he's got to be thinking, I've got two cards, you know, even though he's going to have to put some, if he misses on the turn, then he's going to have to put even more money in, you know, if you bet again. So, yeah, I think, yeah, overbetting the pot might have, might have worked. I would not have, obviously, I wouldn't have, that was not the choice I made. But, uh, yeah, I think it might have worked. I don't think, I don't think he's folding to my bet either. I don't think he's folding to a three quarter pot bet. You have to go over a pot yeah. for it to work. So, Kudos. <laughs> and uh, Oscar, I don't think it's a punt. I think that, again, it it's really, really, really close. Call or fold, you can make a case for either. Uh, didn't work out, but, you know, you got you to gotta take some chances in spots from time to time. So that was your spot. Yep, absolutely. Uh, I appreciate you sending that in, Oscar. And if... Anyone else has a hand of the week that they would like Patrick and I to break down, send it to podcast at anyupmagazine.com. And Patrick, I appreciate you, man. Absolutely. Have a good week, guys. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Sounds good. It's time for Joe's One Outer. I was thinking about the new Poker After Dark series that I was talking about in the Table Talk segment. I think the show is a great idea, and my hope is that it sparks some new interest in the game. I mean, I'm for anything that may inspire people to try out poker. We haven't had true celebrities in the game for a long time. Sure, we have YouTubers churning out content, and a lot of people enjoy that, but those seem to be more about their moves at the table or a catchphrase or two. We all used to love watching rivalry set in. I mean, that's when Phil Helmuth became the poker brat and Mike Matisau became the mouth. I loved watching Shiki Shikan go up against Sammy Farha. I guess what I'm, what I'm getting at is that it was about more than just the game. Maybe shows like this game of gold can help those personalities come to the forefront again and contribute to the benefit of the game. That said... I also fear that they may not take it that serious at all and it just may be bad acting, in which case it has the opposite effect. Ultimately, the impact on poker just kind of depends. 
It definitely, though, has the potential to attract more attention and publicity to the game, which in turn increases the popularity. I know I'll be watching, and we'll just see how it goes. That's today's One Outer, and that's today's show. I'll see you next week, A-Team. And until then, I'll see you at the tables. The Any Up Podcast is a production of AnyUpMagazine.com. Contact the show at podcast at AnyUpMagazine.com or call the show at 540-339-7741. If you'd like to advertise, send an email to editor at AnyUpMagazine.com.